Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that connects you to cyclists all over the world and makes indoor training fun. There are structured workouts, training plans that are really easy to follow, online group rides, and why not try a few races? You can also organize a meetup with a bunch of friends. You might just have to make your own coffee at the end. With Zwift, you can even listen to this podcast while you ride around the Champs-Élysées. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Right on. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Uh, joining me and near me, boiling, because it's boiling hot, is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Oh, look, it's a sweat factor of um, 10 plus. Yeah. And you don't want to know what that means in, when you're talking about sweat factors. It's... It's pretty gross, actually. <laughs> and, and worse, we're, we're in the compound, which we obviously are most days, but we're doing the podcast here outside the truck, and there's all these smelly men, <laughs> <laughs> production crew guys who, who've been standing out trying to sleep in the, the 40-degree temperatures. I, Can you yeah. believe it? Uh, it's, it's but I'm good otherwise. Yeah, not complaining. That's no, right. You can't. Can um, you? So stage 15 of uh, the Tour de France saw an arrival at Carcassonne, or in Carcassonne, uh, I should say. Carcassonne is always... A beautiful city uh, to finish a second week of the Tour de France, which is uh, because the rest day is tomorrow. Uh, and the stage delivered and delivered a very good winner, Jasper Philipsen. Yeah, it certainly did. And his first Tour de France win. And it was interesting because when I was, I sat in the truck today and I had a day off doing the interviews. And so I thought, oh, this will be good. I'll enjoy watching the, the World Food yeah. interviews. He sort of looked like he was just like, yeah, yeah, great, I won. And not huge amount of motion. And then suddenly about the third question triggered him. And the emotion just sort of poured out of him. He was almost a little bit embarrassed, which sometimes athletes are, and he shouldn't be at all. He, he said, I'm going to cry on TV. And he sort of got himself together. And then he, it poured out of him at the end, which was actually really nice to see. And you know I love a good cry, so <laughs> I, I love seeing it. And uh, I, I must say uh, I haven't seen this because I was actually doing the interviews in a, in a mix zone. But when you when you mentioned this to me, it just summarised how important a win in a Grand Tour and how important a win in the Tour de France is for for any rider that is riding professionally. Yeah, and and look, when you talk about when you talk about what's important in life, and you know for for ex-pros, former pros, and, and I'm one of them. I didn't reach those heights, but, but you think, you know, you realise the importance of life, it's not that important. What, what's important is family, friends, health, But you happiness. do realise this after your career, don't yeah, you? Yeah, so, so to finish my point of this is right at this moment, that's one of the most important things in his life right now. And that's, that's fine. That's exactly what it is. And that's why that... that Build up of sort of anxiety, pressure, everything all pours out and it all poured out on the interview because it is the biggest thing in his life at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So we're not going to play that interview. We're going to play my interview. <laughs> yeah, well, there's zero emotion. There no, is no. zero emotion. It's blank. <laughs> as, no. Uh, but there's a, good, there's a question I've asked here in there as well is how does he celebrate with Mathieu Van der Poel, the leader of that team, which had to retire. That wasn't planned, but he was, let's say, cooked completely. But... 
how does he celebrate with Mathieu van der Poel and the importance of a leader like Mathieu van der Poel? This is Jasper Philipsen. Yeah, I think he will be happy also for the team. Um, for sure, it was not been easy to the fans for the team with Mathieu leaving and uh, we had to wait a long time until the opportunities arise and also some missed uh, sprints in the beginning of in uh, Denmark. So we had to wait a long time, uh, survive the mountains and uh, been uh, yeah, in the tour with yeah, a lot of days without any result. So uh, I think this uh, is for all the staff and all the riders that keep on believing and keep doing the work as good as they can. Uh, Jasper Philipsen, so winner of the stage in Carcassonne. He also won his first victory, professional victory was in Adelaide. Well, not in under. Adelaide, Tour yeah. Down Under, South Australia. And it was an interesting win that day because, as you know, I've, I've been the, the, the venue host yep. for that event for a bunch of years now. And we're back, we're backstage in the green room. Caleb Ewan crossed the line first, comes in. I'm literally about to walk out on stage and my producer says, wait, the UCI checking something. And I'm thinking, what? What are they checking? Next minute, Jasper Philipson rolls in. Caleb, unfortunately for him, is DQ'd from a... He moved his line. Jasper Philipson was given the victory. And that was his first World Tour win, as you say. So um, we always knew he was good. He's, but look, he's had a bunch of seconds. He's had a bunch yeah. of thirds. He's been knocking on the door. He was always going to win one in my books. Um, whether or not it was... If he didn't win one this tour, he was going to win a stage of the tour. I was convinced of that. So he's now opened the floodgates and sometimes when that happens, when you get your first one after getting so many top twos and threes, gee, you carry on your merry way. It would not surprise me at all if he gets a second or a third one here. Yeah, that's not good for Caleb though. No, it's not. And <laughs> let's, why don't in we... Terms of, in terms of confidence boost? Yeah, and just, you know, digressing more and, 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 and dissecting Caleb. He's just having a rough trot. He lost a bunch of time today and... He's just had a rough trot, hasn't yeah. he? And his legs obviously weren't great because even Gronewagen, he got dropped over that climb, but he only got dropped by a minute and got back on. Bike exchange rallied it around him. I thought they did a great job. Gronewagen just didn't have the legs in the end. He probably missed the jump. But Caleb, yeah, days like today are a big blow for him. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about Caleb uh, in, a, in a second. But uh, if we just conclude on, on Philipsen, you mentioned another maybe potential other win in this uh, in this Tour de France. Uh, let's just rewind back 12 months. He finished second in Carcassonne last year in that stage behind a certain Mark Cavendish. And that, on, on that day, Mark Cavendish equaled the record with uh, Eddie Merckx. So today, what do you think Mark Cavendish, we have to speak about him. Yeah. What is he thinking today when he's sitting in his, in his lounger in the Isle of Man thinking, I beat that guy last year on that exact course, on that exact finish. I could have done this one or not. Yeah, he'll be, whether it's today or any other day. He'll, he, but that today, particularly when you look at what's aligning yeah. here. Oh, well, a sprint day like today, I'm not sure Cav would have made it over today. Um, he'd be angry regardless. Oh, he'd be, he'd, you know, and I'm, he's allowed to be Cav. But I, I sort of, as this tour has unfolded, I sort of stick by and agree a bit more with Lefebvre's decision, to be honest. Jakobsen's got a stage win, let's remember, very, very early on mm -hmm. in Denmark. This is only the third, if we can call it, a, it, let's call it a sprint stage. A couple of them weren't there. Yep. Let's, let's say it was one for the sprinters. I don't think Cav would have made it here today. 
So there's only been two other opportunities. I think Lefebvre made the right decision. Interesting. As brutal and, and tough as it is, yeah, he could only bring. He was only bringing one sprinter, and I think Jakobsen was the man. And saying that, Jakobsen is. He suffered more today. He lost more time than Caleb today. And Morcuf as well. Morcuf, oh, uh, wow. painful to see him. Uh, and uh, what what does that mean for the team when uh, when you're a sprinter, you're going for the stage when you know it's a, it's a it's a sprint potentially a sprint stage, but your main lead out guy is 20 minutes behind. Yeah, well, he, well, he was dropped too. Your late main lead out man. So in the end, I think it was Seneschal who yes. was the the best from that squad. So they they're going to have a tough sort of four or five days, days. Jakobsen, for him, I think his only opportunity now is the Champs-Élysées. Mm -hmm. And look, for most of the sprinters, that's it. We think, we still think there's one other. I'm not doing my homework, am I? <laughs> but, but that's what one of the sprinters said to me. It was Caleb, I think, yesterday. I think there's another chance potentially in Somewhere. the day after the rest day, maybe. So, yeah, look, it's, it's been a tough one for the sprinters. It mm. really has. Before we talk about uh, Van Aert and Vingegaard and Jumbo, etc., etc., uh, let's just focus a bit more on Caleb uh, because I would want to get this one out of the way. We talked about how difficult the Tour the, the de France is for Caleb. What's happening now for Caleb? How does he rebuild mentally in this uh, race day that's happening tomorrow? What work does he need to do? What, what needs to happen for Caleb to just re reset? Reset the mindset and start again for next week. Get a good massage, get a good sleep. You know, have fun with his teammates. They're, I, I, I messaged Jason Backer this morning, his manager, and, you know, you can't help it as a, as a reporter. And, and part of this is the part of ex-cyclist in me. I messaged Jason. I said, mate, I reckon your main man's going to get a stage still. Because, I, and I told you yesterday, post-stage, Caleb was great, as mm -hmm. in... He spoke really frank and he, he spoke with, uh, uh, not emotion, but he had a rough day. Came in 20, 30 minutes down. There was 10 reporters around the truck, around the team bus, and he was happy to give us five minutes. And he wasn't angry, he wasn't upset. He just said, yeah, tough days. You know, you've got to battle through. And I know there's still chances to come. So I think his mindset is still good. I haven't spoken to him today. This, this, gives, this is a blow to him today because it ended in a sprint. And on a good day, he would have been there. He actually doesn't climb so bad. Mm -hmm. Now, there's guys that made it today that climb worse than him on any other given day. So he's obviously just suffering a bit. Um, but all those things, enjoy tomorrow, get a good rest, get a good massage, bit of physio on the body if he needs it. You know, let's not forget he's had two crashes, not one, two. Um, so he just needs to and re reset. And really, for him, the reset is two chances two chances and drag your butt over those mountains and his team hopefully will support him in that and the big one big one at the end the Champs-Élysées which allegedly we can say it's the World Cup of cycling you need for the sprinters for the sprinters yeah. if you're a sprinter they you want to win you want yeah, to win yeah. the Champs-Élysées so. yeah it's true it's true so no no he's, he has to stay he has to Keep the belief. It must be hard to be a sprinter on a Tour de France when you think about it. Oh, because you just go... Especially. Yeah, when you see all they have to do and they, they have to perform on the last day. For most of the others, yeah, they yeah. don't. But sipping, they there's <laughs> no sipping champagne when you're about to line out at 70 kilometres an hour. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. It's for sprinters, for sprinters. And Mark Renshaw... Talked about it. Yeah, yeah. has talked about it, hasn't he, with us now that he's, he's part of the SBS team. And, 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 you know, I've been really interested in some of his insights now that he's two years sort of post-retirement 
you know, and Mark was the Michael Morku. Yeah. He was the best lead-out man in the world for none other than Mark Cavendish. So, no, it's a it's a brutal it's a brutal one for the sprinters, and you know they don't they don't breathe easy until yeah. they've crossed that finish line <laughs> on the Champs Elysees for the final time. Okay, let's talk about the Jumbo Visma and the leader of this race. It was a crashathon. Yes, basically, how how messy I would say, but maybe that's not the right word. But uh, they they were very unlucky. Or yeah. Were they not? Well, what, I think what happened unlucky. There? I haven't I haven't had a really good look at the vision. Yeah, like slow-mo or anything, but I think just unlucky. I mean, their day starts with Roglic pulling the pin. Yeah. One of their key lieutenants, you know, a guy that at the start of the race potentially could win the race. So we know he was going to be good in the mountains. He's gone. And then within the space of four kilometres, two crashes all involving Jumbo Visma riders. And, of course, the human coat hanger, yeah. Krosvike, out the, of the, the race. The coat snapped. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, a, that's not a good joke. No, it's it? not. <laughs> no, it's not. And look, we make light of it, but it is. It is. No, it, it was brutal, and I really felt for him. And he, he, he was shaking his head as soon as he hit the deck. And look, cyclists, it's common, isn't it? Collarbones yeah. are very common in the sport of cycling. But he's a seasoned pro. He's had some big injuries already, Kruzvik. And when he was shaking his head, I thought he knows. He yeah. knows he's gone. Let's listen to Wood van Aert because I've asked him uh, what does that do to the team. Yeah, we have bad luck, of, of course, today. Hopefully, uh, Jonas is okay after his crash. I think he seems okay. And, uh, yeah, luckily we have a rest day tomorrow to uh, to recover and to uh, make new plans. It's a bit of politically correct here. Yes, he's, they're regrouping. And is it alarming for the team? Or now, let's talk about well, how... Well, it up. I wouldn't say... Yeah, uh, does this level it up with UAE? We talked in previous podcasts where UAE lost few riders. Is it all of a sudden a little bit more leveled well it's a it's a you know the politicians are saying when, when things are going bad or there's something happening be alarmed but not alert yeah or be alert but not alarmed <laughs> one the other, i don't know something like that no it is it's they've pushed the alert button sepkus is the really only climber now yeah that um that um that can help who's the guy that's leading you know, ago. Ago, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the mind's gone. Day 15. It was going to happen at some point. Um, it's 41 degrees still. It's 41 so. <laughs> degrees. I've got all the excuses in the world today and they're valid ones. Um, he's got one good climber, but I tell you who could end up being the man that makes the difference. Oh, that's music to my ear. Yeah. Christophe Laporte. How good has he been? Yeah. This, this tour, but this year, he is, it's like he's a different rider. I mean, it's like it's not even the same guy. Let's remind everyone, he rode for Cofidis for a, few, for a bunch of years. Had, had some top fives in the tour in stages. He is dynamite. He is brilliant. And he could be the difference. It's maybe because he's got a different role. At, at Cofidis, he was a, some sort of leader on, mm. on win, winning stages. And he doesn't have to win stages. No, well, he just has to be the captain of it. Yeah, and at, and at Cofidis, when you walk through the doors at Cofidis, they say, listen... The one thing we don't want you to do is win. Yeah. Because <laughs> we haven't won in 10 years and our sponsor's still here. And we so have a reputation <laughs> to hold on to. <laughs> I, and and oh, sorry, I'm digressing, but the two breakaways and it was the confidence guy at yeah. the end. I mean, they were, I actually wanted uh, Benjamin Tomar to win. Yeah. I wanted him to win the stage. Yeah, 500 meters. Yeah. That's how short he was. And, and that, I thought that was an awesome attack. Yeah. Um, but Laporte, he's not going to make the difference in the mountains, but I'm talking about potential crosswind over the remaining days. Just just get, getting bottles, that means Sepkus can stay at the front. He can stay in the bunch right with Jonas Vingago. 
Laporte can go back, get bottles, can do all those, you know, all that dirty work that you don't want your sort of 2IC Sepp Kuss to do because you've got to save him for the big mountains. We looked at Jumbo Visma, UAE now. Team hasn't changed right now, but question is, is it all leveled up now in oh, terms of members? Team stuff, team? yeah, 100%. And so, so do you think today, on the eve of the, the race day, Tade Pogacar is just that tiny, tiny, tiny little bit more confident that he would have been if that would not have happened? Uh, it, it'll absolutely give him a bit, a bit more confidence. He, But saying that, I'm... I want to see. I want to see what his director sportive's come up with. Yeah, because he's made a couple of little errors, Pogacar, and the team made a couple of errors for vigorously defending 39 seconds. And I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. and you called they vigorously it, you, defended it. You called it on it. Yeah, 39 seconds was never much. We knew that. And after you know, Jumbo Visma has had their bad luck in the first week. Remember the bike changes? There was that, that yeah. vision, or that that clip of four guys of Jumbo Visma off their bike at the same time in the one frame. Yeah. So they've, they've had their, their moments. And now I want to see what UAE are made of. And I say UAE, the team, not just Pogacar, because it's not just him. He needs his team now. He needs the smarts. He's still so young. He's won two tours. But he's showing just that he's backs against the wall a bit here and he's made a few errors. So now it's up to the team to make the right decisions. He can still win. But they still need to ride with smarts. Yeah, uh, absolutely agree. So there's, there's so much to play for in the last week of the Tour de France. Can you believe it? It's the last week of the Tour de France starting on Tuesday. We have another rest day. and then We've got a rest day. All the way to Paris. I know. Crazy. Crazy town. Yeah. It's, it, it's, I mean, it is literally crazy town here in Carcassonne. 41 <laughs> degrees. Um, but let's look at it this way. We've got the Pyrenees ahead of us. And there's so much that, that can happen. Uh, we, we keep saying it, but it's the reality. Yeah, and look, I think back to the wise words of Stuart O'Grady, and I said it yesterday and I'll say it again. When someone like Stuart O'Grady has an opinion on, on what could happen in the Tour de France, what's, he's written 15, 16 or more, I listen to him, mm -hmm. because it doesn't mean he's going to be right, but it's a pretty valued opinion. And he said it is a long way from over. Yeah. Um, but I think what we do now, the difference now is we, we've, we've, we've got the rest ahead of us, we come off the back of that. There's maybe a sprint stage. There's two big days in the Pyrenees, and then it's the individual time trial. So you'd break it down into two segments for the GC guys. Mountains, two days, one TT. That's what Vingago has to survive. So for Jumbo Visma, if we flip it, talking about what UAE should do, Jumbo Visma now should start to sort of break it down into those segments and go, okay, every day, every day matters. Like, look at today. Mm -hmm. yeah anything something bad could have happened today but they go okay red alert days obviously Pyrenees and the TT we have to absolutely nail them and then we assess the other stages to come yeah but, but it is all to play for and I think the Pyrenees are going to be blockbusters and with the auto calm I'm excited about that being yeah. back in the race Another question, though, for the Pyrenees and the mountain. There's the, the king of the mountain jersey, the, the maillot à pois, which I love dearly, as you may yeah, know or yeah, may you not. Do. If you don't know, peeps, just <laughs> I, go back through the 5,000 pods we've done. <laughs> he mentions it and about 10,000 times. Uh, I've mentioned <laughs> it in each pod. But, uh, yeah. uh, in each pod. but um, let's talk about Simon Getschke. Simon Getschke has got the jersey on his shoulders at the minute. I've asked him what he will need to do to defend it. And is there a chance? <laughs> I, I will try my best to defend it, of course. I think the Pyrenees will decide, and um, but sometimes it's not really uh, in my power, you know. If, if uh, one of my closest 
concurrence is also Jonas Wingegaard, uh, and he's obviously the, maybe the strongest climber in the tour. So uh, if he wins another uphill finish, then uh, he, he's also passing me. So everything will be decided in the Pyrenees, and I just try to do my best and uh, try to go on breakaways, collect more points. That's all I can do, and uh, yeah, and in the end we'll see how, how we end up. The team backs, backs me up uh, really nicely, it's one of our main objectives now, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. So that was Simon Getschke. Do you think he's a chance to defend it? He is a chance, he is a chance, and I'd actually love to see him win it. I think he's, I think he's one of those riders that I think most of the media in the compound like him, like yep. his demeanour. You know, that stage win he had on, on Pra Loop, a bunch of years ago now, he, he, he literally was a blubbering mess. The emotions just poured out of him. So, yeah, he, he's a likeable rider and he rides for Cofidis and French team. But that, that's right. Sorry to interrupt, but I've asked him that. Mm. What? Because I've said, I, I preempted my question saying, yeah. it's not such a popular jersey in, uh, in Australia, but tell the public, why, yeah. <laughs> why is this an important jersey? So let's listen to Simon Getschke. For me, it means the world. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm riding for a French team and the Tour is the biggest race in the world. So yeah, uh, having any jersey in the Tour is really nice. And uh, yeah, green, yellow and white was not really an objective for me. So <laughs> I uh, tried to go for the Mount jersey. So that was Simon Getschke again. He explains well, a Polkado jersey in a French team is not a target, it can actually be the target. Yeah, and it is now. You know, it's the only target, you can argue. So, no, they need to, you know, they need to get him up the road. And he's going to win it by getting up the road in the breakaways. Yeah. So he's got a battle on his hand, but it's pretty tight. Yeah, I mean, Geshka's on 46, Louis Menke's on 39, Nilsson Paulus on 37. That's not a big threat, because Paulus, he's got his hands tied trying to win the yellow. But he, he says, though, his main threat is Jonas Vingegaard. That's his main threat for the, for the jersey. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's he's why, probably that's right. Why, that's why. Well, he's right. They're going to go over the top of these climbs and Autocam Summit finish. Vingegaard wants to put the... He, that's where he wants to put the final nail in the coffin for, for Pogacar. Yeah. So where is the Pog? Oh, the Pog's down. He's at 26 points. He could still win it. You know who else could win it? Chris Froome. He's on 22 points. Oh, interesting. He gets up the road. He has a good. He has a good Pyrenees. Hey, the top 10 can win it. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm sort of serious. You got Anthony Perez, Pidcock, Pierre Latour, Julia Ciccone. Like, there's some good riders in that, that top 10. There's definitely a battle. Mm. Uh, and uh, Geschke has got a battle in his hand to uh, to actually keep it. Yeah. Right. I think that's all the time we have uh, for because we have a, a lot to, of work to do before we have a rest day. Yeah. Well, you got a, I got a bit of, you got a bit of work to do, mate. I'm kicking I back. Um, hey, can I just... The craziness of the race. We had another protest today. Ah, yes. Yeah. Another protest. That's like... I think third. It's a, second, third, third. I think it's the third. And you said, do you know what it was for? I'm not even going to say because I don't know what it was for yet. Third one and... I, I, as a teenager, when I was watching the tour, uh -huh. and, I'd, and then, you know, I, and we used to get the American package uh, in Australia many, many years ago, and they'd be like, protesters, you know, blocked the road, and I'd be like, oh my God, this is amazing, this is crazy, and it used to get me so excited, <laughs> and so <laughs> the protests today, they showed one little clip of it, and then, uh, you know, the directors of France TV went, right, aerial shot. <laughs> we don't want to show it. And look, they don't want to show all no. of the controversy. And to, to be fair, the, the 
TV directors here for, for the World Feed and France TV, they show most, don't they? They show most of the dramatic stuff. Yeah. But I think they went, come on, two protests, third protest, you've had your time in the sun. It's 41 degrees. 41 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, guys, this it is it. <laughs> so I, it gets me excited still. It's never a dull day on the Tour de France, it is, is it? It is never, <laughs> ever a dull day. Thank you, Maka. Thank you. This was the uh, Zwift SBS cycling podcast. Before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, which not be tomorrow, but a day after, because tomorrow is a rest day. It's bye for now. Now that we're finished talking about cycling, for today at least, let's do a little riding ourselves because the fun never stops on Zwift. Training solo at home gets old real quick, but with Zwift group rides, events and races, you'll have plenty of people to ride and chat with to keep you motivated. Plus, it's got great built-in training programs tailored for every ability. There are even workouts that can be squeezed into 20 minutes if you're really stuck for time. On Zwift, traffic lights, stop signs, busy roads, bad weather, they all disappear. And each interval has the watts and rest periods dialed in for the perfect training conditions. To start riding and discover how Zwift makes indoor training fun, head to Zwift.com for a free seven day trial. Thanks for watching or listening while you're riding on Zwift. Ride on.